Guys, we're in the middle of a pandemic and these are trying times. It's hard on our mental health, our mental state. And this is why I love our sponsor today, BetterHelp. They're the largest online counseling platform worldwide. They change the way people get help with facing life's challenges by providing convenient, discreet, affordable access to licensed therapists. BetterHelp makes professional counseling available anytime, anywhere, through a computer, tablet, or smartphone. It's brilliant. Sign up today. Go to betterhelp.com backslash Solving Healthcare and get 10% off sign-up fees. Welcome to Solving Healthcare. I'm Kwadro Karamante. I'm an ICU and palliative care physician here in Ottawa and the founder of Resource Optimization Network. We are on a mission to transform healthcare in Canada. I'm going to talk with physicians, nurses, administrators, patients, and their families because inefficiencies, overwork, and overcrowding affects us all. I believe it's time for a better healthcare system that's more cost-effective, dignified, and just for everyone involved. Quadcast Nation, boy, do we have a treat for you today. We are doing things slightly different, always changing the boogie here, as you know. Now, myself, I am the creative and audio producer of the podcast. I handle things behind the scenes, making sure you know everything does sound nice and crisp. Now that we're into a new year, the Quadcast Nation is growing. We just want to give our listeners a little more one-on-one time with Dr. K. Get to know what this man is all about and how he has become such an influential figure in healthcare. So without further ado, Dr. K, welcome to your show. Hey, I'm embarrassed because that intro was better than anything I've ever done, Stokely. You're going to be the the man of the hour here, man. Like, Don't take my job away. (laughs) Oh, I'm not coming for your job. Don't you worry. (laughs) So, Dr. K, we're going to start you off with an easy one, okay? All right, I'm ready. Where did you grow up? All right, this is one of my favorite questions because I am a proud Edmontonian, born and raised in Edmonton. West End, West Side, Aldergrove. Uh, grew up a mad Oilers fan as a result. Got to witness five Stanley Cups and a couple more Cups appearances. Um, but yeah, I am from northern, well, central northern Alberta, my friend. Central northern Alberta. All right. A fellow Canadian here. That is wonderful. Have you always wanted to be a physician? You know, Pretty early on, my friend, like, honestly, I think uh, we, I, I was a a kid that had a lot of, um, like, had bad asthma. So I I often would actually be hospitalized for my uh, asthma attacks. And my pediatrician, Dr. Conradi, was one of the most calm, like, uh, like, caring uh, empathetic people that I can remember. And I just remember always, you know, you'd be in the, in the merge and you'd be in trouble and he'd walk in the room. And I remember my mom and myself would always just calm down and just be like, Oh, Dr. Conradi's here. And he would put you at ease. He knew you were in great hands. And at a young age, I thought like, this is something that I want to be able to do for people to just be able to, you know, um, not only treat them of their acute illness, but also bring that peace, bring that calm, calming nature uh, in their situation so that we could help them overcome whatever battles they're going through. And so it's something that I, I try and bring as a doc now. Um, he was just this, uh, an amazing role model. So um, 
but yeah, I, it was at a very early age. I, I, I decided this is uh, the career path for me. Now, being a physician for so many years, what do you find are some of the toughest aspects about your job? By far, the, the t- there's two things that come to mind. One is, you know, in my world as a palliative care doc and an ICU doc, you, you see a lot of death and dying. And I always find it difficult when it's very relatable. Like when you got a, a young mom with, with, you know, with young kids, uh, that always gets to my heartstrings because, you know, the, the, when she passes it, it just involves so many people, like not only the kids, husband, um, they usually have siblings, the parents are usually still alive. Like it, it could just be such a huge circle that's impacted uh, when you have like young moms and, and, you know, it's hard not to, to take that home or want to hug your kids or your, your spouse a little bit tighter when, when you have situations like that. And usually they're, it's not common, but you know, you have one or two a year where it just kind of, it's just like hits home. It's, it's just uh, a tough situation. And then, um, the other p- part that's tough in the job is uh, when there's just disputes with, you know, w- what you think is best for the patient and family has differing opinions. Like you got a elderly patient with a lot of medical problems that, to the medical team appears as dying, but they, you know, the family doesn't accept that. They don't feel like that's the path for the patient and just, you know, seeing people suffer when you know, there's not, a, there's not going to be any change in outcome. Like the outcome's going to be the same at the end. I think that could be demoralizing and, and tough to see patients go through. And, um, but otherwise, man, my job's awesome. Like you, I, I mean, especially during this COVID time where you, you know, I've never felt as close to my ICU colleagues as uh, I have now, like when you had a whole nation slash world that was just backing you and saying, hey, thank you, frontline staff. And, you know, do what do you need? Well, you know, what can we do to support you? And having people clapping, you know, at, you know, at seven o'clock at, n- at night and doing all these kind of nice gestures and feeding frontline staff, like all these kind of things were uh, really uh, meaningful and, 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 you know, just bonded our team. So it's, uh, I have an amazing job. So I, uh, I, f- I feel really blessed. That's, that's wonderful. Um, what else do you find very rewarding about being a physician? Yeah. I mean, for me, what I like is that it's, you're always being challenged. You're always being pushed. You got to stay up to date with all the changing technology and, and changing, uh, you know, evidence within our field um you uh specifically in icu you don't know what's coming like what your day's looking like you could walk in and it's a quiet looking morning and by afternoon you've been running around like crazy trying to save lives and talk to families and so you don't know exactly what's what's coming through the door which is really exciting um you uh I also like the fact that it's a team. Like, you know, I grew up playing sports and and I love the idea of being in a multidisciplinary team where the physios, the respiratory therapists, the nurses have some input and, and some, some uh, insights into what's going on with the patient. And often they, their insights are management altering or even life-saving. So it's like awesome to be able to have that team atmosphere. And like, 
you know, when I'm at work, like we keep it light too, man. Like we like to laugh. I, I was, uh, I don't, I don't know if Rebecca's listening to this, but, uh, the fellow that I was working with this week, <laughs> she, uh, we had a, a big, like a, a nice save in terms of a patient outcome and she started to dance and I'm like, you know who you dance like? I'm like, you dance like Elaine from Seinfeld. And she, she's like, well, what are you talking about? <laughs> so I started breaking out, showing everybody the Elaine dance. And I put the video out on uh, in front of everybody to say, like, am I wrong? Is, is Rebecca not dancing like Elaine? <laughs> and like, you were sharing a laugh like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's like you have to be able to laugh in that environment just because, like, there's so much sadness. And, uh, and so, um, yeah, the, the job is fun and we try and keep it fun. And, uh, but I do feel like a, a, a really lucky, I feel, I feel really lucky to be able to do what I do. Some other of the most memorable parts of your career, if you can think back to some of those times where, you know, situations really stood out to you, you know, as a physician or maybe even some of your mentoring or even now doing the podcasting, um, what can you think back that you can tell our listeners as a really memorable uh, step in your career? Oh man, I, there's so many finding out I got into medical school. Like I, it took me two years post uh, undergrad to get in. I remember the day I, I found out, got a phone call I'm at the University of Alberta gym playing basketball. And and I remember just like bugging out. I'm like, what? I'm going to be a doctor? Like, I just like totally lose my mind. And I remember a guy uh, that was playing ball with me. I was like, and he's like, you know, you got like 20 years of school left. He's like, you're celebrating that shit. And I was like, <laughs> that's a good point. Um, so many moments, uh, you know, I there's always like the patient interactions, I, you know, that uh, really uh, you think about too. Like I remember just, you know, a moment uh, when, when a young, young man was, was passing away and, and he was, you know, he was uh, with his wife and he was about my, about my age and he was uh, having a lot of symptoms at the time. And, you know, it was this nurse who, um, I won't mention her name just in case she doesn't want me to mention her name, but it's like two in the morning and she's like, you know, Quadro, like this, I hate to call you now, but it's like this patient just, we just can't get them comfortable. So just remember driving in, doing what we can to make that patient comfortable and just the, the relief of seeing that wife's face that her husband looked, was more more at peace as, as, as he was passing. I, you know, these, these are kind of the moments where you're, you're kind of, you know, you're, you know, you're doing, doing some good. Otherwise, like, uh, you know, getting my first job, you know, finding out, uh, you know, you're going to actually uh, be able to practice as an intensivist, you passing your exams too, knowing that, you know, your career path is set that that was big stuff. Um, and there's been a lot of great stuff lately. Like the, I, you know, Stoker, like the, the show has like changed my life. Like it really has like opened my eyes to, to so many things and, and the possibilities like, uh, you know, st from starting the charities, like the bridges over barriers to help out our community, like our kids in our community with basic needs from funding the, uh, starting up the, um, feeding frontline staff during the beginning of the pandemic our teams just rallying together to set that up 
Um, I was real proud of that, you know, um, recently being uh, appointed on the board of governors for CHEO, like, like that was, that was a, a huge thing, especially after the Black Lives Matters issues and systemic issues around systemic racism where, you know, you know, it's, I was advocating and amongst many other uh, uh, BIPOC people just saying like, we need to have a seat at the table. We really need to be in leadership positions to really create some change. And um, yeah, so like, you know, proud of that, proud as, you know, setting up that mentorship program for our black youth through the, through the show. Um, yeah, a lot of uh, amazing things, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I could talk your ear off about that, but I kind of, it sounds like I'm like humble bragging or some shit, I, I, but- No, uh, no, not at all. You're you're involved in a lot of things um, in the community and you spoke earlier about, you know, going through med school and, you know, seeing the many years of schooling that's ahead of you. And, you know, I know you had a vision um, while you were going through schooling and getting out in the world and actually being able to practice as a physician. During those times, what motivated you? Yeah, the, the motivation was just, I mean, if I'm being a, a 100% honest, it was just like get through just baby steps, get through med school, get through early stages of residency, get into a fellowship program. Like I've always, you know, kind of approached it with the baby step picture. But um, ultimately when you, when you look at the, at the end of the tunnel, what, what life would look like being able to help others, being able to work as a team, be able to be pushed every day, whether it's, through your clinical experience or through academics. I always knew, I think I wanted to do either research or something along those lines. So like always being pushed, always being challenged, like growing, knowing the fact that every step of the way, there's always going to be something that's going to make you stronger and, and more complete. And so um, that's what pushed. But honestly, if I'm reflecting on this, it, it really, I wasn't always looking that far ahead. I was just like, you know what? I just got to get by you know, like one day at a time, one day at a time. Yeah. Is there anybody else that um, you draw inspiration from now? Like a physician or just anything? just anybody, uh, anyone in general that inspires you? Wow. G great question. Um, you know, it might, it might be a bit of a cheesy answer, but I, I just, I love Obama. Like I love the his um, demeanor. I like the way he has always been well spoken, but I, I like the way he he kind of has that almost like that quiet confidence. He ain't flexing all the time, but but if he needs to flex, he's gonna flex. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I just always had respect for guys that don't need to necessarily talk all the time or be the center of attention. But you know, you know when it's time to step up step up and so and i don't know just everything about him is like he's just a cool guy i guess you know on top <laughs> of everything else well-spoken uh a leader confident um you know a guy that strikes me as always ready to do the right thing um so i think that's a uh, someone that comes uh top of mind but honestly i 
you know, I, you, I, I'm a, more of a guy that just takes a little bit o- away from, from, from a bunch of people. Like, you know, I think of uh, some of the leaders at my, at my work, the way they carry a meeting, like uh, the way, uh, you know, or a, a clinician, the way they, they uh, deal with family meetings. Like I try and take a, maybe a little bit of piece of a, of a lot of people. There isn't necessarily somebody that I'm like, I really want to like truly be like, but um, uh, if I had to choose someone off the top of mind, Obama, man's a man's legend, man. Like uh, can't go wrong with that one. Definitely, definitely a monumental figure in our times. Now, Dr. K, we have done many episodes of this podcast and our listeners are starting to really understand what you're about And I can say, if I were to, you know, hear your voice somewhere, I would, I would know instantly. That's, that's Dr. K. And it's even more so when our listeners get to hear you laugh. You have a very (laughs) iconic laugh. You can't mistake that laugh for anybody else's. What, what, what makes you laugh? Like what, what, what's funny to you, Dr. K? Well, what get what gets you going? I, I love that question because I, because this is one of my like, uh, what do you call it? Resolutions? Is it resolutions for 2021? A New Year's resolution, yes. Yeah. <laughs> English is my fourth language. Um, but, um, you know, resolutions for 2021 is to laugh more for sure. Because I was, that was me as a kid, a class clown, always laughing. Like, I, and, you know, in this challenging year, I, you know, I was asking myself, am I laughing enough? But I, I got to tell you, like, I am not picky when it comes to comedy. I, I love to laugh. Like, my, if I had to choose a show that kind of um, is my, essentially my favorite type of comedy, it would be Arrested Development, like random, uh, tying things together. I, I don't know if there's Arrested Development fans out there, but, you know, Lucille and Lucille 2 and then um, Buster losing his uh, hand to a loose seal. Um, like, it's just it's just beautiful. There's so much comedy in there. Um, but I, I'm not particular. It could be witty. It could be slapstick, like Dumb and Dumber. Like, I cry every time I watch that. Um Super bad, I cry. American Pie, I cry. Like I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not picky, but I, um, I, and, and it's one of those things. Like I always, even in the most awkward of times, you could always almost find uh, funny moments. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. um, but certainly this is uh, something in the new year. I'm hoping to do more of. Like I, I, you know, I usually my podcasts I listen to are often serious, but. I picked up listening to uh, Smartless. It's got Jason Bateman and uh, Sean Hayes and w- Will Arnett. It had Martin Short on last week, and I literally, I'm in the car, peeled over on the highway. I'm like, maybe I should be pulling over for this bad boy, but it, like, uh, I think I need a little bit more of that in 2021. So, um, but yeah, to answer your question directly, I'll take it all. I'll take it all. Right on. So getting, you know, sitting down, watching a good comedy movie, getting some laughs in, what would you describe as your perfect day off? What is Dr. K doing? Oh my God. If, if, do you know what a day off is? Do you have days off at all? (laughs) 
I'm not, I'm not, I don't think you do. Cause you, you're, you're into a lot of things. You, oh, you, you do so much. <laughs> I, I try and do that. Like I, you know, in terms of like days, days off proper, I try and keep the weekends if I'm not working to not mm-hmm. touch the podcast, not touch research, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I'm lucky cause the stuff I do, I love. So, you know, a perfect day off would be like, it's like, let's say pre pandemic, you wake up, hang out with the kids, bust their chops a little bit. Um, wrestle with them like get their energy up or get their energy out before they got to sit down in class for a while get a get a, a monster workout in like like you know um when like yeah get a workout in um what else hang out with if in the afternoon if things were light hang out with my wife just have even just having a coffee for an hour like it's some, we don't do that enough Kathy if you're listening that's on the agenda okay mommy um you know I, once again like because I love the podcast doing even it doesn't necessarily need to be recording a show or editing or anything like that but just setting up a schedule for the next couple of shows like just finding guests um you know uh connecting with people on social media a bit about uh, some of the show content um you know, if it's a perfect day off, I'll probably skip doing any research. I, I could do a day without that. Um, at the end of the day, uh, oh, man, I can't believe I forgot this. I could watch some NFL football with my boys. It's been so long. You know what yes. I'm saying? Rodney, Dwayne, Gianni, Lavalicious, Warren. <laughs> we Every year we go to a football game normally. This is the first year we skipped out, but... Um, yeah, having the boys over and just like uh, shooting the shit, having beer, watching some football. Um, so, oh, can't forget about like having a feast. I love smoking meat. You know what I'm saying? Whether that's ribs, whether that's, uh, you know, uh, pulled pork, uh, you know, brisket. That's my huckleberry right now, dog. I'll, there we go. I'm, I'm, I'm coming over next time. That's, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying doing that too like i love i love a, setting up a smoke man like it's an event and then uh at the end of the day you know mommy and i sit down have it watch a show at this point what are we watching uh right now patriot that's a show we're watching right now okay if you haven't if two on amazon prime it is fantastic funny and uh um what's the word i'm looking for adventurous like um suspenseful um yeah, uh, someone else put the kids down. I don't always love that because they're, they're <laughs> pretty energetic. But uh, otherwise, uh, I think that would be that would look like the perfect day. Right on, right on. So, grilling, getting outside there, enjoying the summer, you know, doing the podcast. Do you have any other like a very favorite hobby that uh, you could share with the listeners? Oh shit, I I, I can't I forgot what, the other thing I would love to do on my day off. I got to play some puck. I got to play some hockey. Uh, I, oh, I, as well. I'm a big hockey fan. Like, uh, uh, played hockey since uh, the age of four. Um, love it. it normally, pre pandemic, playing on three hockey teams. Um, and we asked three, how can you do that with a family with that many kids? Is usually you skip a game or two because of being on call or it's inconvenient for family time. Um, but hobbies is around athletics. Before getting old, love playing touch football, ONTFL. That league was awesome. 
uh, back in Edmonton, the flag league. I know if some of the E-Town people listening, that flag league was sinister with an O-line where you could actually block. So much fun. Wow, um, that sounds fun. Oh, it was amazing. It, honestly, it was such – it was seven on seven, uh, 20 yards for your first down, four, four downs. Um, the only – yeah, like you had uh, usually a three, three-person O-line and uh, – oh, it, wow. it, it just – it was awesome. It was spectacular. Um, so that, that was a lot of fun um, in terms of hobbies. From the non-athletic side, I've always had a bit of a creative angle. That's why I love the show too. Like I, when I went to Ghana for the first time, it made a like a mini documentary of our trip, which was it was a ton of fun. Um, otherwise, I'm a music fiend. Like I love, like I could spend, like one of the the things I used to do is just take an afternoon and just discover music. It was one of my favorite things to do back in the day. You know, uh, you find uh, just we'll go through some of the reviews on uh, Pitchfork or even Rolling Stone often would have some uh, some pretty accurate uh, reviews there and just find new music because uh, that's that's another love of mine. I don't play. I just I just love I'm just a connoisseur. Um, and what yeah, is your favorite genre of music? Yeah, I mean, I think I've been pretty blessed to like not be too picky. Like, if you if I had to, you know, like uh, I feel like back in the day for sure was like hip hop, and I just find it's it's harder to. It's just it's too uh, diluted now. Like I f- I feel like uh, it's harder to 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 find tracks that it, like make you want to get out, of, like jump up and boogie. Like mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I'm a, I like a strong beat and a lyricist that is like on point. Like I love Biggie. I love Tupac. Um, I love art. Like right now, RTJ, RTJ for the album is spectacular. Listen to ET versus Goonies and tell me that doesn't make you want to just like take off your shirt. Okay. I don't care. I, I literally. So uh, we, we were talking about this on one of the shows, like uh, Isaac Bogosh meant, mentioned RTJ four. Uh, run the jewel for uh, during the show. I was like, "What you know this?" And I was telling him, like, literally, I heard this track, uh, Goonies versus ET. I stopped what I was doing. I was in the middle of the road. I was like, "I gotta take off my shirt." This is how serious this track is right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone's like, "This is the most random thing I've ever seen," but I didn't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that is like my. Uh, that's like. Um, yeah, old school. That was like my flavor. And then I was like big, like, especially in the mid 2000s, loved the indie scene. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of bands like France Ferdinand, Block Party. Okay. Um, I'm forgetting a bunch of groups right now, but uh, th- th- that indie scene around that era was like fantastic. Strokes even couldn't get enough of that. Um, but I will, and then I'll, I'll go as far as like, I think you'll call it Americana or bluegrass. Like my favorite band, if I had to ask, say right now that I'm into is a group called Mendel and Orange. It's a little bit melancholic, but it's, uh, they are absolutely fantastic. Best band you haven't, you've never heard of. Um, The other best band you've never heard of is uh, Beach House. The album uh, Teen Dream in 2010. 
give that one a one-time listen. And if you don't dig it, then don't bother listening to anything else. But I would say that album without hopping it up too much in my top 10 for sure. And then, oh, I can't forget about The National. I haven't been into some of the stuff lately, but the, the 20, 2007 album Boxer, unbelievable. Back to front, one, that's for sure top five. Um, but yeah, the most recent stuff, is, they need to... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, some 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 of the newer music has uh, you know lost its soul you, along you feel, the way. <laughs> you, you feel me? You feel me? Right? Like yeah. And it's so diluted. It's hard to find music now. Mm-hmm. It, it is. is so much like it's so much more available. But it's like you don't need you know all these artists they could just produce an EP or like a single even, and uh, you know maybe there's one track on that four four track EP. Um, but it's like, as you said, it's soulless. It's like, cause uh-huh. like at one point, a lot of these albums, like it was a story. It was like, you know, it was like, uh, you're, you're going through like a, a journey with them. And now yes. it's just like, this sounds okay. I'm just going to throw that in this mix. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like, um, a lot of the albums that were produced, you know, even like a decade ago, they were really things you could listen, like you said, from top to bottom it was a full you'd have to listen to track two three four five like, or yeah. else you'd miss something but now it's like you'll get an album it'll be that one track you hear on the radio all the time another hit song that they have and then the rest is filler yeah it's 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 garbage i and what's your where, where's your go-to these days are you uh Apple Music or you um, Spotify? Spotify. I yeah, tell some you that, that die algorithm. Hard Spotify. Yeah. Their algorithm out of all like when they say recommended for you, mm-hmm. and you be like, yes, yeah, right, you're on point yeah. now. And when um, they do that end of the year wrap up too, I love that. Oh, <laughs> love that. Feature. That was uh, for <laughs> yeah, real. Shout, oh, shout out to Spotify for that. <laughs> for real. Oh, one other album that's tight. Back uh, full album is tight. Black Pumas. You gotta oh. check. Oh. This okay. is tight. This is like uh I can't even describe it. It's like uh it's like R and B, but a little bit more upbeat, a little bit more uh beat centric. Um, but some of the slower tunes are, are still on point too. Yeah, you'll love Black Pumas. Throw that down, Quadcast Nation. You won't be disappointed. Definitely. We're going to get Dr. K to curate a list for all of us, and we're going to put that on Spotify. Oh, that'd be so fun. <laughs> we can all tune in and jam along with Dr. K. <laughs> I love it. Yes, that's where we're going to put that on the project list for 2021. We're, <laughs> we're doing it. We're doing it. So we uh, we just came on, you know, we're, we're into a new year now. We just finished, you know, the holiday season. Does Dr. K have a favorite holiday? And if so, what makes it special to you? Holiday, I mean... This is not this is not sexy. It's Christmas for sure. I've always been a big Christmas fan. Like, uh, you know, being a small family, um, but often not not all in the same city. You, normally, you know, with my siblings, we're I'm one of four. This is the time we all get together. This is the most memorable times. Like when we had our like we had. You know, some people have. Uh, you know, when your family that big, we rarely sat all together at once. Um, but some of my fondest memories are at our dinner table at Christmas, talking about old times, talking about how, like, I remember, <laughs> like, even you're going to sense a theme here. I remember even coming home, 
getting to dinner a little bit late with uh, Kathy um, back in Edmonton. And my little brother was just like, so furious. He literally took off his shirt at the dinner table. It's like <laughs> topless dinner table. I'm like, if you're taking off your shirt, I'm taking off my shirt. You ain't gonna be solo. I, you know, that's how I'm gonna represent. But yeah, we, uh, Christmas for sure. And especially with the kids now um, and seeing their faces. It's been a bit challenging because I, I often have to work on Christmas, but this year I had it off, for example. So it was nice to kind of um, have that kind of slow pace and just let the, watch the three kids open up their presents and, and play with their toys. And, you know, but for sure, for me, Christmas, I hate, I hate Halloween. People hype that bad boy. Really? Up. Oh, I hate it. I'm like, uh, I, I don't know. It's just like <laughs> a lot of work. You know, what more I mean? work than Christmas. Well, I mean, no, it's not more work than Christmas, but it's like bang for your buck. Like, mm, okay, I just it's like I, I just get, oh wow, you look like Dolly Parton. Oh, that's funny. Like, <laughs> that's really the, the. I really am like, oh wow, that's a great costume. I wish I could be part of that. Like, I don't know, you know. I'm just Thanksgiving's pretty good for similar reasons. Yeah, Christmas is is my huckleberry for real. Now, Christmas is an excellent holiday for me as well because I get to eat so much food. Yes. And I love to cook as well. Does Dr. K have a favorite meal? I'm a, I'm a ribeye. You throw me down a, a ribeye steak of eight, like at least, I will go at least 24 ounces, 20 to 24 ounces, uh, cooked uh, medium rare. Um reverse seared seared i don't care what you could pan fry it over a flame i don't care of like a fatty ribeye and i'm in heaven you know what i'm saying i i don't even care what the sides are you could put i don't know like jello it, it doesn't matter like i i just that ribeye oh my god <laughs> and mommy will attest to it at our house we we will make it fr- it's it's delicious the rub we got perfected. I like to do a little reverse sear. I don't mean to get too technical on y'all, but reverse sear where you slow, like I like I'll smoke it on in the in the smoker for about an hour at at about one eighty, so it gets that smoky flavor. Crank up the grill to a thousand. One minute each side to perfection. I'm telling you, um, yeah, no, it's uh, the reverse sear. Google that shit. You, it's going to blow up your mind grapes. It's kind of similar to um, sous vide Like, uh, I don't know if you like uh, doing a sous vide with your meat. But yeah, uh, ribeye steak. That's for sure. Close. Otherwise, like any uh, like uh, burger, a burger where you especially a homemade burger where you ground your own meat and you could cook it to medium. Yes. And then like uh some of the wood oven, uh, like the thin the Neapolitan pizzas, big fan of pizza nerds wow. in Ottawa. That's the le- best pizza right now in O Town. People, wow. new new group, and uh, what do you call that? Uber eats that bad boy. It's gonna drop kick you in the mouth. All right, so new for twenty twenty one. We're gonna be cooking with Doctor K. <laughs> All right, in addition to solving healthcare. We're starting another podcast. The, the yeah. listeners are going to want this. Now. Oh man! <laughs> I mean, we talked hobbies, smoking for sure. Like, uh, we, I could talk to you all day about smoking meat. I love it. That's definitely something I'm looking to get into as well. 
Once I get settled down, I'm definitely going to invest in a smoker and try my hand at that. <laughs> you will not regret it. I promise you. Now, Dr. K, do you have any odd habits that you'd like to share with our audience? <laughs> odd habits. Yeah. Um, huh. I need to think about that one hard. Odd habits. Um, like, I mean, I'm not like any, I don't have any OCD tendencies or any shit like that um odd habits someone laughed at me in the in the break room the other day when or looked at me weird when i, I like I'll, I'll have like a liter of salted water first thing in the morning a like, liter of I'll, salted water yeah so i'll, I'll, I'll just put a, a pinch or two of salt in my water um and then pound that in the morning and uh, just so I'm like, uh, my water intake is pr- like, I'm, I'm starting the day awesome. Uh, a little bit of salt, because usually I'm fasting in the morning. So it gives me a little bit of salute and uh, uh, to help with like uh, blood pressure and energy level. Um, okay. That one and the other, actually, I got, I got one that is weird. People think this is weird. So I often for um, getting my greens in, like you know, like or get my like uh, vegetables in. Like mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of, you know, cooking vegetables in general. So what I'll do, <laughs> nobody is. is I, exactly. So what I do is, we buy spinach all the time. Okay. And like if you if you saw me about two hours ago, I'll just take the spinach and eat it raw, just like out of the container mm-hmm. into my mouth. I'm like, just power <laughs> through. Put, just power through like three massive handfuls and i'm like my greens are done for the day i'm done i'm good i don't have to have another vegetable for the rest of the day but you walk into my house you literally see me just pounding oh, <laughs> back spinach they're like what the hell is happening and yeah the nurses make fun of me too because i'll just uh like I'll, it's dry like i put nothing on it i'll just <laughs> just dry just straight popeye style <laughs> yeah yeah straight up popeye. exactly pow yeah that's it if that works for you you got your greens in, good to go. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. It's the strangest thing, like the strangest habit. Now, if you could travel back in time, where would you go and what year would it be? Huh. If I could travel back in time, um, you know what? This is going to sound... Uh, pretty random and ridiculous but i i as a guy that is a as much of a hockey fan as i am and got to grow up playing the watching the oilers i never got to see wayne gretzky play ever so if i could go back i would go back into uh game seven 1987 against or 1988 against philly uh in edmonton i want to be at that rink with like awesome seats and witness us winning the Stanley Cup. Wow. Witness Wayne Gretzky putting that above his head. Uh, that that I would have loved to have uh, been able to do. I'm sure there's a better answer that people think. Like people are going to think that's ridiculous. But as an Edmontonian, and uh, uh, those are pretty special times. And as a hockey fan, that was pretty special times. Otherwise, like uh, off the top of my mind, grapes like. Yeah, no, I, I I'm gonna stick with that answer. That's for my E Town crew. That's solid. That's a, that's a great moment in history, right there. Oiler Nation. Oiler Nation. 
Yes. Now, we know that you have a lot on your plate. You know, you're doing the podcast. You have a lot of work going on with the community. What is the most daring thing that you have done in your career? I would say maybe this is more of a like a philosophy or than anything, because I just I stopped waiting for permission to do things. I just I just started doing things, and then if they somehow if they I thought it went wrong, I'd ask for forgiveness later. Like like hiring my own research assistant with my own money, I we wouldn't be talking right now if it wasn't for that move. Thank you, Cynthia, because. Um, I built that research career where I was getting hung up trying to submit these papers at the same time, working on a master's, working on your clinical medicine and really appreciating the power of delegation there and just getting that help. Like that was, I don't know if that's daring, but it's, it was, it was a bit against the grain. Like not, I don't know if all researchers or many researchers would do that without having secured funding. Um, and then, um, Daring, you know, believe, believe it or not, I think even just doing the show was a bit crazy. Like if you had, if my wife was here right now, she told me, she's like, you better not do that motherfucking show uh, at this time. Our life is crazy. You know, we're trying to build a house. We just have a newborn. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're already crazy busy with the research and, and all that kind of stuff. And um, I, I, uh, but there was something inside me telling me like, this is, you really need to, you really should do this. And uh, we talked already about some of the benefits that have come from it. But, um, you know, I, I think that was like, you really put yourself out there. And then, and then the other part too, it's maybe because it's fresh of mind is a little bit of the media stuff and the advocacy stuff. Like um, I, Ed, like when I talk about, systemic racism and my experience with uh, racism growing up and in medicine. Um, I, you don't realize how vulnerable you're, you're being and how, uh, how uh, truly difficult it was to talk about. And, but, you know, at the time of George Floyd, I, I, I felt like we need to talk about this and, and to do something like I, I was tired of just, being on the sidelines and you know i must say the feedback after doing some of these this advocacy stuff has been amazing but um that was not easy talking about as a kid being called uh, the n-word or any you know uh being attacked on the ice um having patients say like when's a real doctor coming in the room uh preceptors saying like uh you know some racist uh, comments. Um, just always, you know, at times feeling like an outsider based on the color of your skin or, you know, being cognizant. Like, uh, I'm sure you could appreciate this. Like, you know, I, I gave a story in one of my talks, like my boys I, I were, that I was with uh, on, a, on a football trip, they're all white and we're in, in Florida and they, uh, you know, the red light, but no cars are coming. So they just, you know, jaywalk or whatever. And I'm like, I can't, I'm not doing that. I ain't, I ain't going to get pulled, ask, uh, getting uh, caught by some cop in, in, in Florida. 
being a brother here, like you, you just you don't risk that shit. Mm-hmm. Like you got to be you're, you're you're cognizant of you're always cognizant. Of, you have to be cognizant of the situation, like that's that, that extra bandwidth. You know what I mean? Like uh, how you're being perceived, and you know. Um, so I think you know talking about that, my experience and advocating for um, organizations and others to really do their part in, in, in reducing systemic racism. I think that one of late, I think has been, um, yeah, pretty uh, challenging. Now our listeners have got a very in-depth look at what Dr. K is about today. Um, what does coming into a new year, it's 2021 now, we're at the beginning of it, it's January. What's 2021 looking like for you? What does Dr. K have on the horizon? Are there any big plans? Oh man, I mean, I could speak straight up for from the show perspective. We got monster plans, you dog. Like, I'm so excited for this year. We're, we're we are going to be uh, launching like uh, Solving Wellness, which will be like an online platform where our members will be able to have access to online workouts yoga, uh, cooking classes, nutrition advice, well, like guided meditation, all these kind of uh, tools that are available virtually. And we're going to try and, you know, create that community, that movement to try and get us all healthier and sound of mind, sound of body. And uh, to me, it's part of the whole idea of solving healthcare, just getting healthier individually and collectively. That's big, you know, and Personally, it's just about, I'm always about trying to be as uh, efficient with my time as possible. So shedding stuff that aren't going well and focusing on things that are going well. So, um, you know, letting go of some research projects, uh, you know, the solving wellness, uh, which I I think we've got a grant for, um, putting some time into stuff like that. And then I, I talked earlier about laughing more, always time for more family life. You know, I try and try and be on the ice with the kids, like uh, assistant coach with them, and uh, if that if that comes about, comes up uh, in the new year. But um, yeah, just uh, little things. But um, really excited about the new year, and I think uh, you know coming out of it too. Like I, I just got vaccinated. All you guys are going to be vaccinated over the course of the new year, and and in terms of COVID, and just looking forward to connecting again and having that community feel and mm-hmm. just you know if, if there's one thing that 2020 has taught me is like con- uh, like having that community and connection with our fellow humans is such an important part to wellness and uh, like I miss so many of y'all like uh, you know I you know I, I think you know your, your future wife Sarah who's helped us out throughout the whole thing I haven't seen her in over six months you know I um, just like my mom I haven't seen in over a year like it's just like I look forward to being able to do things like that again that's wonderful wonderful Quadcast Nation it has been a pleasure sitting down here with you today for our diehard fans out there they already know what's up but for some of the new members that are tuning in let us know how do we connect with Dr. K where do we get the content how do we follow along with the life story Yo, man, I'm talking, we're all over the place. We're, I'm talking, you want Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. You can find us at Quadcast. Leave any comments at quadcast99 at gmail.com. 
leave us a five-star rating, please, on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps with the visibility of our, our show. And you know what we're trying to do, guys. We're trying to change the boogie, change the landscape of healthcare, transform that into a more innovative, efficient, well-oiled machine. And it starts here, guys. So thank you so much. And we're going to continue to kill it. And Stokely, damn boy, you, you're going to be taking over my job soon, man. He's a better host than, uh, than Quadcast himself, man. What's going on with this? Maybe you'll hear me again one back on here. I think one so. Time. I think so. Thanks, my friend.